opening and closing theme is by Midnight Syndicate. For more dark instrumental music like it, visit www.midnightsyndicate.com or find them on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or Alexa. Welcome back, everyone. We hope you've been well. I'm Summer. And I'm Jennifer. And this is Freshly Brewed Noir. And we are back with another Freshly Brewed episode. But before we get into it, we wanted to ask you if anything bizarre or stressful has happened to you in the past few weeks. If anything significant stands out, we want you to know that you're not alone. And there is likely an explanation for it. So Jennifer and I, also a lot of people in our lives, have been dealing with a lot at the same time. And if you can relate, we think we can all blame it on mercury in retrograde yes we can absolutely (laughs) now it it all makes sense so we just learned about this after the israel keys episode right yeah so like all of this crazy stuff was going on in all of our lives yeah friends family and like insane stuff yeah and we were like what's happening in the world yeah why is there this heaviness why is there so much going on and not going right and then i had heard something about mercury's in retrograde and i just didn't really think much about it until after our keys episode and jennifer and i were talking about some things that have happened lately and i looked up mercury in retrograde and what we learned it was eye-opening we got answers it wasn't what we wanted No, but it it made sense to us after we looked into it. Yeah, so we wanted to share this information with you. First, we'll just say where I fall on the spectrum of believer with astrology and all that is I I don't get my cards read. I don't check my horoscope. (laughs) I believe the bigger picture of the science side of things where obviously things that are happening in our atmosphere can impact the earth. But now, Jennifer, where do you stand on all this? You know I'm heavy into the horoscopes. <laughs> so, you know, I will check my sign. I'll be like, okay, what kind of vibes are we getting today? <laughs> what's what's like the world got in store for me? Okay. So. We fall on different ends of the spectrum. So all beliefs are welcome. Oh, absolutely. And I know you're all like about the science. So, so when we both looked into this and we both had we, this revelation. We did. So we decided we have to share it. We learned that retrograde recently occurred during May 29th through June 22nd, and it was in the air sign of Gemini. But and Geminis are already, you know, crazy. Oh, no, we're going to get <laughs> Gemini hate mail. We still love you, Geminis. The That's twins. True. Would that be double the hate mail? It might be, okay. yes. And then, just to warn you, there will be a Mercury in retrograde coming back September 27th through October 18th, also in the air sign. So we'll go through this and you can prepare for the next one. About three or four times a year, Mercury speeds past Earth. And that is when we experience a Mercury retrograde period. It visually appears to move backward. For clarity, Mercury doesn't actually move backward. So if you were in a car and another car passed you, you could tell it was going faster than you. But if it slowed down and you then passed it, it would appear that the car was actually going backward. So think about that in relationship to Earth and Mercury. Then when the other car speeds up and passes you again, it kicks up all of this dust in the road. As Mercury speeds by, it is like a train flying past, creating a powerful turbulent gust of wind in its wake. The turbulence and disruption Mercury creates when it retrogrades can affect what we feel on Earth in our everyday lives. So we're just getting all of the debris from Mercury passing us. Yeah, astrological spacecraft is just kicking up in Earth's face. And it's messing with our emotions and our thinking. Communication. All of it, yes. 
So in astrology, there is a fractal relationship between the orbits in the heavens and the human activity down here on Earth. This idea is the basis of all astrology and is a good concept to keep in mind, according to Jennifer. That's very true. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Mercury rules all types of communication, if you didn't already know this, um, including like listening, speaking, learning, reading, editing, research, negotiation, selling and buying. Hello. What? Bitcoin people. Be careful. Yep. Also, all forms of contracts and agreements. So when a planet retrogrades, astrologically, it is in a resting or sleeping state. Therefore, while Mercury naps, Oh, take a nap. The activities that it governs don't have the benefit of functioning well. So all the things I just listed, be careful. Yeah. You have issues with them. Right. When Mercury's napping, it's like it's it doesn't like, have control Handle over your anything, own right? documents and contracts. I don't care about your negotiations. And will we see how well that plays out? Yes. <laughs> so during a retrograde period, it is hard to get decisions from others. Even if a decision is made, it will be subject to change, either just after Mercury turns to direct motion or much later. Mercury retrograde periods would not be good times to do anything involving communications. So basically don't, don't talk. talk to people. Yeah. Jennifer and I stopped talking for a week. We did. Well, well how long was this period? <laughs> but we said emojis. <laughs> <laughs> but those were also misunderstood. They were. I know. I was like, no, that's not what I meant. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do we still have a podcast together? <laughs> I know. Are we still friends? I don't know. <laughs> so a key to the solution for any Mercury retrograde problem lies in the element Mercury is found in. So it was air for this last one, but it's either fire, earth, air, or water. And for each one, there's a different solution. As far as the one that's coming up next, it's going to be in Libra, which is another air sign. And so this is the advice that was given from the scientific information we found. Science, guys. This is all science, guys. <laughs> Some of it is science, actually. I'll give you that. If Mercury retrogrades in an air sign, lots of discussions will need to take place as air signs are highly communicative. Talk to a lot of people and pull the responses. Do a great deal of research, too. Air signs are analytical and modern. Love it. So use the answer that seems best for you after going through this process and make sure you are objective, not emotional, and choosing your answer. We hope this helps you in preparation for the upcoming retrograde. We'll certainly be putting this to use to avoid any possible craziness in the next one. Thank you, Retrograde, for this perfect segue into our episode. You were at least good for something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we appreciate that. <laughs> to get into today's episode, we are covering Heaven's Gate. For those of you who are familiar, this is a cult episode. Let's talk about some questions that we have for you guys. How much do you believe in aliens or extraterrestrial beings? Do you associate that belief with a higher power? Would you be prepared to purify yourself for universal salvation or metamorphosis at a moment's whim? Like a coffee club? No. <laughs> Would you give up your humanity to obtain ultimate perfection? I know we just threw a lot of existential hypotheticals at you, but that's because the topic we're covering today is Heaven's Gate, which is a religious cult most notorious for exploring those beliefs and taking them to the extreme. What are your answers to these questions? I don't know. You had me at coffee cleanse. Or was that me? That was you. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. 
I heard so coffee. I'm on board. <laughs> That's the only way you could get me into a cult is if it was a coffee cult. <gasps> we could start a coffee cult. Is this a cult right it now? It could be, yeah. Two people can too. Is yes, because there's two leaders in this cult, right? Who so are we leading? We're leading at the moment ourselves. <laughs> we're just it's the it's the beginnings of our cult. Okay. So if you would like to join, we'll have a sign up sheet um at the end of this. Electronic sign up sheet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on our Facebook page. <laughs> Yeah. So let's, uh, we're not going to ask you to do anything weird. You just have to drink coffee. Yeah. Whether it's caffeinated or not. Yeah. We'll accept decaf drinkers. Literally anybody. (laughs) Any level of coffee drinking is acceptable. You're welcome to join. And if you used to be a coffee drinker and you still love it, but can't drink it, we'll accept you too. Yes. You just can't be a coffee hater. Then you're not in this cult. Not a thing. Sorry. Mm -mm. We, we will discriminate there. So, on May 17, 1931, in Spur, Texas, Marshall Herf Applewhite Jr. was brought into the world by Marshall Herf Applewhite Sr. and Louise Applewhite. He had three siblings. He was the son of a Presbyterian minister, and as a result, he became a very religious child. As a student, he attended Corpus Christi High and Austin College. He earned a bachelor's degree in philosophy in 1952 then enrolled in Union Presbyterian Seminary to study theology, wanting to follow in his father's footsteps and become a minister. Quite early in his studies, he decided to leave school and start a career in music, becoming a music director of a Presbyterian church in North Carolina. During this time, he married Ann Pierce, and they had two kids, Mark and Lane. In 1954, Applewhite was drafted by the U.S. Army and served in Austria and New Mexico. He left in 1956 and enrolled at the University of Colorado to earn a master's degree in music and focus on musical theater. Applewhite moved to New York City to attempt to start his professional singing career. However, he was unsuccessful. He then obtained a teaching position at the University of Alabama, but lost it after pursuing a sexual relationship with one of his male students. This was likely a conflict with his (laughs) religious teachings. His wife found out about the affair in 1965, and they divorced three years later. Afterwards, he moved to Houston to serve as chair of the music department at the University of St. Thomas. He became popular with the students because of his sense of style and his engaging way of speaking. He also was a a local celebrity serving as the choral director of an Episcopal church and performing with the Houston Grand Opera, which is pretty impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. He's got some talents. In 1970, he resigned from the University of St. Thomas Saying he was depressed, the president of the university would state that Applewhite seemed scattered and disorganized towards the end of his employment. There was also speculation that there was another affair with a student, which prompted the resignation, but it's not confirmed. A year later, he moved to New Mexico to work in a delicatessen, but decided to return back to Texas shortly after. Unfortunately, his father passed away around that time, and the impact of the loss severely affected his mental health, which in turn did affect his financial situation, and he ended up having to borrow money from friends. That is a sad situation and of he course was going through a hard time yeah in 1972 applewhite met bonnie nettles a nurse who he later recall he felt like he had known for a long time and that they had met in a past life have you ever met someone that you feel like you've known in a past life oh yeah you and i have been 
friends in past lives. Sisters in one. True. In one, I was your father. You were the son. Okay. I think that might be in like a future life. It could be, or it could have been a past. And then we're going to have another one again, because we love the father-son relationship. We do all these fun business trips. We do. <laughs> by, by buggy, horse and buggy at that time. But you know, in the future, it will be space crafts. Oh, uh, yes. By UFO. That, that will be fun. Not the cultish ones. Okay. <laughs> well, not the cultish ones, but the X-Files ones. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Bonnie, who he felt this connection with, right? Okay. From the past life. Yes. So Bonnie Truesdale was born in Houston, Texas, into a Baptist family on August 29th. 1927. Not much is known about her childhood, but it is known that as an adult, she kind of distanced herself from religion. She graduated from the Herman Hospital School of Professional Nursing in 1948 and became a registered nurse afterwards. She ended up marrying Joseph Segal Nettles in December of 1949, and they had four children together. The marriage was mostly stable, but it did end after 23 years in 1972. According to the New York Times, the marriage marriage dissolved because Nettles believed that Brother Francis, a 19th century monk, spoke to her and gave her instructions on how to live her life. Her daughter, Terry, states that when she was 14, they would stare at the night sky and search the skies for UFOs and hoping they'd be transported. Bonnie would also attend a group that conducted seances with mediums to contact the dead. She would visit multiple fortune tellers who would tell her that she'd soon meet a mysterious tall man with light hair and a fair complexion. And I know this is a pretty general description, but this would be close to the time that she would meet Applewhite. Who had the fair skin and blonde hair? Yes. That describes a lot of people, but somehow when they met, she put two and two together. She was like, that's him, even though there's 20 other dudes around me with blonde hair too. Yes. That's my guy. That's right. Okay. So Terry, Bonnie's daughter, used to work at a theater where Applewhite also worked. He was teaching music and drama there at the time. One of the students needed to go to the hospital, and Applewhite accompanied her, and that's where he met Bonnie, who was a nurse there. It's speculated that the two met at a psychiatric hospital, but the family does dispute that. Reports say that Marshall checked himself in for sexual conversion therapy, which is sad that he felt like he had to change himself and like wasn't able to embrace who he was. Was. And, you know, that kind of created this complex that he had with sex and how he viewed it. So they shared a similar mentality, shunning sex and believing in a higher power, being fascinated with science fiction and extraterrestrials. And she told Applewhite that they were destined to do God's work. And soon after that, they would turn their common ideologies into a business. All right, market it. Just like we do. <laughs> <laughs> we like the spooks and the coffee. Let's market it. Let's market it. <laughs> the duo opened up a metaphysical bookstore and spiritual center in Houston called the Christian Art Center and No Place. They taught classes on religion, philosophy, and the occult, as well as art and music. However, the store did not seem to satisfy their purpose. They decided they wanted to spread the message across the country. And on New Year's Day of 1973, they left their families and went looking for followers on what they called a spiritual road trip that's you know, a commitment it is like could you just up and leave your family and be like look no. guys i have a bigger purpose here no i mean we love this podcast but i don't think we're going to leave our families and jobs and go on a road trip and, and recruit coffee and recruit drinkers. coffee drinker followers <laughs> no. yeah that's, that's much that's a lot it sounds like a big commitment it's a lot yeah so they would gain their first follower 
Sharon Morgan in May 1974, abandoning her children to join them. Oh, Sharon. I know. I know. What what is happening? (sighs) A month later, Sharon left them. So just a month. She just joined them for like a month. Okay, so she just needed a break. She's Maybe. probably just a mom that needed a break. Yeah. <laughs> she just went on a little trip. It's like, this sounds like a good kind of, like, retreat. Mom, mommy will be right back. She's going to a spa. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets there, and she's like, no, this is too much for me. It's a lot. Yeah, let me check myself out of this spa and get back to the kids. <laughs> An alien spa. <laughs> But yeah, a month later, she left them and returned to her family. Unfortunately, Applewhite and Nettles, they didn't have a steady source of income. They would work odd jobs, give blood for money, skip out on hotels, and kind of resort to petty crimes. On August 27th of 1974... So you have these two anemic cult leaders just dragging themselves around Texas? Yes. (laughs) Yep. They were doing their mission. They had to do what they had to do. Mm. They were very tired. Yeah, that's (laughs) exhausting. How'd they have money to commit crimes? You have to have money to commit crimes? No, how they have energy to commit crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Caffeine currency, I suppose. Maybe. (laughs) So they were arrested in Harlington, Texas. Nettles was arrested for credit card fraud and Heffel White for theft of a rental car. The charges against Nettles were eventually dropped because they were Sharon's cards and, you know, they had permission to use them. I think her husband was like, why did you let these people use our cards? Right. And she's like, I just thought it was a month-long spa, sweetie. I don't know. Moment of weakness. Little Timmy was just screaming and I had to take a break. Well, the same circumstance did not happen for Applewhite. He had rented a Mercury Comet nine months earlier in Missouri. Wait, he rented a Comet? This well, just goes into all of his... This is like, yeah, it all lines Foreshadowing up. people. There's some <laughs> foreshadowing going on. I know. It makes sense. Later, you'll see. And so he never returned it. The charges were taken to court, and his public defender, Tim Braun, stated, Very seldom do we see a statement that a force from beyond the earth has made me keep this car. Applewhite further stated... States that the divine power gave him permission and would allow him to pay it back at a later date. He was convicted of this charge and spent six months in St. Louis jail. No. <laughs> wow, they didn't believe that? Astonishing. <laughs> I wish like a supernatural power would tell me I didn't need to pay my rent or yeah. pay my bills. Like, <laughs> no, you can just pay it back later. It's fine. Right, yeah. <laughs> I've never received that message either. <laughs> Can we figure out how to get that? It doesn't come to me. Now, after this, the pair decided they wanted to do away with their old names and create new identities for themselves. Here we go. You know, I know we've all kind of felt like, you know, what if I was just a new person and started over, right? They did that. The reason being was because they believed that their human souls were gone and a new baby alien being had taken over their body. Have you ever felt that way? Yes. (laughs) Before caffeine, there's a baby alien in me. Before caffeine? Yeah. And then once I have the caffeine, it soothes the baby alien. And then I can and perform normal human functions. I see. So the alien turns into a human. No, it just satisfies. It appeases the baby alien. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so they, since they had to, you know, rename themselves, they went with Bo and Pete. Like little Bo Pete. Yes. Okay. At some point, they felt like their followers maybe were like sheep and they were like the herders. That right? makes sense. I think that's kind of where that came from. Okay. Later, it was Doe and T. Doe, Remy, Fasola, Tito. I believe so. Okay. <laughs> because, I mean, it's music, right? Right? He, he did love music. Yeah. So. Okay. That makes sense too. Yeah. Now there's also Guinea and Pig. Why? You know, they were an experiment. Experimental. Okay. So Aww. now who would, now how do you decide who's Guinea and who's Pig? 
All right. Well, pigs are actually very intelligent creatures, so he probably made himself the pig and made her the guinea. That's not true, actually. She was pig. Well, she was pig, So he was guinea. Yes. You go, girl. <laughs> so they were known as the two, which references the two witnesses from the Book of Revelations who were slain and ascended into heaven. Applewhite was doe, guinea, and bow, while nettles was tea, pig, and peep. And there were a few other names, but these were the main ones that are referenced. If you take out pig, she's tea peep. Tea peep? <laughs> Is that like a rap name? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> so what if what would we like create for ourselves if we are cult leaders? Oh, like, um, well, one of us would be stay and the other would be caffeinated. I'll be caffeinated because I need to. And I'll just be stay because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Always tired. You're just, I just I'm, I'm staying just right stay here. Right here. <laughs> gonna stay in place. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Or we could be cold brew because yes, you like yes. cold brew. I do. Yeah, I could be cold. You could be brew because you're just I like the hot and I'm always hot <laughs> temperature wise. <laughs> that premenopausal on fire all the time. And I'm always cold. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we figured it out. We got it. We got our names. Yeah. <laughs> the group's name in the beginning stages was human individual metamorphosis or him. Many of the members were people who already were involved in religious endeavors such as tarot cards or the occult. They'd tell their followers that their beliefs would physically metamorphosize their bodies like caterpillars into a butterfly. That's a nice visual. It is. Those nice little wings. Breaking free from that cocoon. Yes. And, you know, tarot cards, they're just cool. Like all that psychic stuff. I just think it's fascinating. And yes, I know I would totally probably be one of these people joining this cult. I would not let you join this cult. (laughs) Jennifer, I have a cold brew over here. Get get away from the door. (laughs) Wake up that baby alien. So so you're like thinking clearly. (laughs) Yeah. Get the heck away. (laughs) So they traveled across the country to what they called the good energy states. And I know you'll appreciate this. One is California. California is a great energy state. What's that Beach Boys song? Good Good, Vibrations? Yes. Wasn't that about California? I feel like it was. I'm sure it was. Yeah. (laughs) It had to have been. (laughs) So the good energy states were Colorado, Arizona, and California. Makes sense. Because Arizona has all the vortexes. Vortexes? Yes. Arizona has vortexes. Like the burger spot? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not the burger spot. Places in the earth where certain points meet and it creates this energy. It's science again. So the Vortexes. Okay, so maybe there's, they were trying to vortexes. like gather the vortex yeah. energy. I've been there at the vortex. Yes, Sedona. We visited the vortexes. Two of them. Airport Mesa was one. Cathedral Rock or Cathedral Mountain, but Airport Mesa. There is a feeling on it. I'll say that. So what happens when you go there? Do you gather the good energy and you just stock it up? Yes, there was a lady doing her meditation right on top of the rock. Oh wow. Yeah. Is there a vortex in Georgia? <laughs> no. No. It's too humid here for vortex. <laughs> the vortex energy just sinks back to the ground. They have to go underground to get to the vortex. We'll dig a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> this is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So they recruit like-minded people who they call the crew. They were interested in reaching the next level, which we'll talk about later. While in California in 1975, they held their first big meeting led by Clarence Klung, And one of their first members of Los Angeles home, Joan Culpepper. Culpepper. That's that's an excellent last name. It's like a movie star name, for sure. Iconic. Around 80 people attended, and they would spread the word that the two prophesied in Revelations that God has sent us here as an experiment. 
so guinea pig about 20 to 27 followers would be recruited from this event they would continue to attend churches and apple white would state that he could communicate telepathically to his followers they would spread their belief that they'd be killed restored to life and in what they would call the demonstration a spaceship would pick them up transport them into the afterlife for reincarnation these teachings would not be received well by other religious communities no <laughs> why not <laughs> they're like this totally contradicts everything that like we've learned <laughs> makes no sense. Uh, Applewhite and Nettles more empathetic with their followers, seeking to form an emotional bond with them rather than assert dominance or control. The members weren't dumb, nor were they society's outcasts, and most of them were just ordinary people, like bus drivers and computer programmers, and they were just looking for answers to life's big questions and it seemed like they were able to provide them. You know, that's the thing, it's like they welcomed them at any time and they were like, you can go at any time. So it wasn't like they were trying to control them. Maybe it felt like a support group or people who had similar interests and ideas and could relate to them. And so that's what kept them sticking around. Maybe it didn't seem like they were joining a cult. And I'm sure they didn't present it that way either. But if the people speaking to you are named Guinea and Pig, aren't you going to be a little suspicious? I mean, it could be revolutionary. Like these are trendsetters. Oh, I don't know. Even for California, that's a bit of a reach. <laughs> that's true. They did have Californian energy there too. Yeah. So they had that to their advantage. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> no Californians, they like to trendset. The members were isolated from their families and patiently waiting for this spaceship to descend and pick them up. <laughs> Reporters who would try to like reason or say otherwise about their beliefs would be considered an agent for the lower forces trying to deter them from their mission. So we'll have to watch out for those people with our new cult. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, don't, don't try. You're the, trying the to deter anti -caffeine us. The anti-caffeine people. <laughs> Stay back. I know. Applewhite was never comfortable with any type of sexuality. And so we kind of go back to that. Was he the one that was having sex with his students? Yeah. But things that happened afterwards, the aftermath of that, affected how he thinks of sex and sexuality. And so then he just became asexual? I think he just hated sex. Oh, so that what is that? Hateful. Hateful just... sexual? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> He was anti-sex. Um, anti-sex, for sure, okay. yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> According to him, the sex drive was the base desire that tethered humans to Earth and prevented believers from reaching the next level. He preached celibacy to his followers and eight of the male members, including Applewhite, went so far as to undergo voluntary surgical castrations. That's extreme. Right. We don't even have those parts, but that sounds like something a guy would not want to do. Right. I. It's very extreme. I, you just don't mm. think anyone would do that, but I guess when you believe Serious commitment when you believe in something that much really i guess committed you to can't, this cause huh yeah you can't underestimate what people will do to feel accepted even one of the members stated that it made perfect sense for those who were committed to being celibate saying why not end the battle with the sex drive i'm real glad now that i didn't do it but it's not as bizarre as people think well is he glad he didn't do it because his name is dick and jocelyn <laughs> <laughs> He's like, with a first name like that, I just can't, guys. I mean, <laughs> I gotta represent. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, Richard. We understand, Dick. We do. <laughs> okay. Despite being. Was that really? It really was a Dick Jocelyn who <laughs> said that. Yes, that's what. <laughs> He was one of the former members. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Despite being strongly against any kind of romance, group members were still assigned a partner 
who they were meant to carry out their everyday tasks with to prevent anything too friendly from occurring. They would pair you up with the person you would least likely be attracted to. How did they know this? Well, and this is interesting because at some point they all end up looking the same. So like we look the same. I'm I'm not attracted to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I really don't know the logic and how they paired people together. Maybe they just assumed, you know what? You look like you would like this person. So you're not going to be paired. Or maybe they feel the chemistry. Hold on. There's too much energy right here. Break it up. Go get castrated and finish your chores. (laughs) Yes. Sounds like a great place. It sounds horrible. (laughs) Some days they would even implement something called tomb time when members would just sit together in silence. They just tomb time. That's a little morbid. Well, it's not the worst that happens here. So they abstained from drinking, alcohol, smoking, wearing flashy clothes. When they did eat or drink, they would have to cook and prepare the same meal every single day, which I have meal prep this week. And I'm so let me tell you how tired of chicken salad I am because it's just the worst. <laughs> like after day two, you're like done. I can't eat this anymore. And they did this every day. Yeah. Same thing. Did it say what they cooked and ate? It did not. But I did read that they would uh do this cleanse called the master cleanse to purify their bodies. And it's the diet in which you survive off of lemon water and cayenne pepper and maple syrup. What? Yeah. I remember Ooh. when I was in high school, my bus driver, she would tell me about the apocalypse and how... Was she part of this cult? <laughs> she might have been. Now that I'm thinking, I'm like, why was she telling me this? But she would tell me, you know, if you ever need to live for a long time and you have no food, you can survive off of water, lemon, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup. And I just thought that was the most bizarre advice as a high schooler to receive. She was part of Heaven's Gate. But this was in Georgia, so... Oh, well, they're far-reaching, as we now know. Okay, well, now it makes sense. We'll get into this later. Yeah. And we'll have a coffee cleanse for ours. (laughs) It'll be called the master coffee cleanse. You just drink coffee all day. I mean, we do that already. Yeah, so it's easy. It's easy for us. Easy cult, guys. Yes. (laughs) We don't make you do anything. Except drink coffee. Yeah. And you can eat what you want. Doesn't have to be the same meal. Switch it up. Yeah, there's no need for that. So they stopped any kind of continuation of hobbies, communication with friends and family, and they changed their names to something in in OD. Why? They all had to be uniform. They all had to be the same. But what does the ODY come from? Like the Odyssey, the journey? It's supposed to be, I think, sci-fi. Oh, so okay. I would be Genodi. <laughs> you would be Samodi. <laughs> so when we would speak to each other, I'll say, hey, Samodi. Hey, Genodi. <laughs> have you done your coffee cleanse today? <laughs> Thank God we don't have to get castrated. (laughs) Those poor guys. We will never allow that kind of procedure to happen. (laughs) So they're going through life this way. They're kind of at this point, you know, losing what makes them human, right? They're all kind of becoming uniform. Mm -hmm. Like sheep. Yeah. Bow and peep sheep. So yeah, all the members would wear identical outfits. They'd have short haircuts and regardless of gender. So they would all look the same. Just an androgynous look. Yep, they had to sign in and out every time they left the house. Now it's starting to get very cultish. Culty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of this was meant to prepare them to shed their human vessel upon the arrival of the next level entities who were coming to Earth. They referred to their bodies as human vehicles and their camping sites as docking stations. They would attempt to strip any kind of humanity from themselves and you couldn't even think for yourself. I was against the rules. What? It's like a sense of brainwashing at some level. They tell 
tell you thinking for yourself is bad. You're not going to go to the next level if you're thinking for yourself. So, so they would be like, oh, I can't do that, you know? And so they would stop thinking about leaving, probably. Like, this may be dumb. No, I can't think that. Right. So it makes you wonder what was going on in their brains. Like, what were they thinking? Was it just silence? What was what? The late 90s? What's going on in the late 90s? X-Files? Grunge? Were they Star Trek? Like... <laughs> Gosh, I wish I could wear a flannel right now around my waist. Oh, man, that'd be great. Sweatpants. Playing Britney Spears. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And can we say free Britney? Yeah. Okay. Free Britney. Britney's about to free herself, though. Go Britney. Yes. Like, she needs support to. It. Yes, we sure do. I love Britney. The foundation of their beliefs laid in the fact that they believed that Earth was going to be recycled through some kind of like apocalyptic scenario coming in the near future. The only way to escape it would be to achieve the evolutionary level above human. Reaching the next evolutionary level required followers to shed all their attachments to the earthly life so that their consciousness could live on in a genderless, bodiless existence in outer space. Okay, that was the ultimate goal. Yeah, maybe you could be like a star. It's a star in the sky. Are stars genderless? I think so, aren't they? Or maybe they're all genders. Stars? We're all just stardust, I aren't we? Know. Oh, gosh. That would be cool. Yeah, Are we stardust? Everyone is, I yes. just feel so, like, magical right now. <laughs> you are glowing. That's <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sweating. <laughs> the studio's a bit hot today, guys. <laughs> So the leaders were said to be in regular communication with the advanced extraterrestrial beings. The last messenger who had appeared on Earth had actually done so in a human vehicle in the form of Jesus Christ, who you may know. I have heard of him. Yes. Word of mouth. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's on Facebook? Uh, Well, he might be. (laughs) Sure, you can like him on Facebook. Yes. They believed God was actually a highly developed alien and that there were evil aliens who previously pushed them away from the kingdom of heaven by tempting them with sex, money, hobbies, and any kind of distraction. Hobbies. I love that. (laughs) Tempting them with hobbies. (laughs) Those are distractions. Okay. Terrible distractions. You stop playing those sports right now. <laughs> right. In the 1980s, Bonnie's health was declining and she was diagnosed with cancer. In 1983, she ends up losing her eye to the disease and it moved to her liver. She passed away by herself in Texas. That's Prior to her passing, Terry states that, and Terry was her daughter, states that her letters with her mom, she could sense that she didn't really believe in their message anymore and like what they were preaching. Apple White never communicated this news to her friends or family that she'd passed away until months later. What a jerk. Right. Like you have this knowledge and then you just hide it. You're not even. Well, because it didn't go with what he was trying to promote, which was that they were going to all leave together, right? And leave their their vessels behind. Their human vehicles. Right. Uh, He did have her cremated and spread her ashes in a lake in Texas since that's where she was from. He was pretty devastated after losing Nettles, and there was mass confusion amongst the group about how one of the leaders could pass away and her body was still on Earth. Kind of like... That's not what he preached, right? Exactly. It was the total opposite of what the message was. Did any of them say, hold up? (laughs) Okay. If one of the leaders didn't get brought up, maybe we should rethink this ideology? Well, you know, they're they're searching for answers. Applewhite gives them some answers. Of course he does. You know, because there is some uncertainty in the direction of the group. How does he steer him back? 
the sheep. Well, after some time, Applewhite was able to explain away her death by saying that it did not matter when or how someone left their earthly vessel, so long as their consciousness left their body and ascended to the next level. And at this point, you know, the next level is basically the same concept as like heaven, you okay. know, except this is the existence where you're taken to space and the you're space living in this like alien heaven. Yes. You know, like a genderless, bodiless existence. So he explained that she had simply left behind her broken down vehicle, like a car, <laughs> saying she had experienced no symptoms prior to the week she left her vehicle. And for the most part, her vehicle slept through the transition. We're not exactly sure how many days it may have taken her to get to the next level. And I'm sure he wouldn't admit if she did suffer and was in pain. No, he would not. I'm sure there was probably like, we don't feel pain, right? Or right. something like that. In 1993, Apple White named the sect Total Overcomers Anonymous, but then eventually decided on what it's known today as Heaven's Gate. Total Overcomers Anonymous. That sounds like a, a help group. <laughs> it kind of does, does, yes. Yeah. Um, I was thinking more of a space crew overcoming whatever battles are going on in the <laughs> Well, they are trying Earth. to get to the next level, so that <laughs> so... would all go together as a video game. But your theory makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> In July 1995, scientists announced the discovery of the Hale-Bopp comet. The comet would pass close to Earth in 1997 as a part of its 4,000-year orbit of the sun, a once-in-200-year event. The members became convinced that their long-awaited spaceship would be hidden in the Hale-Bopp's trail. Why they thought this? this? Very you know? scientific. It yes. is. That's where you hide a spaceship, is behind a, a comet's tail. Exactly. So it was on its way to Earth to pick up their souls. In, Clearly. <laughs> yeah. In preparation for its coming, they rented a mansion in the Rancho Santa Fe suburb of San Diego in October 1996, which they would refer to as the monastery. They paid $7,000 per month in cash. Where'd they get the cash? From donating blood? <laughs> I don't think so. Somehow they have this money, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming, are they still working during this time? Yeah, maybe they collectively had the money. Maybe so. Like we say, they are successful people who joined this cult, so maybe right, seven like, grand is nothing. To them, yeah, that's true. In the same month, the group purchased alien abduction insurance that would cover up to 50 members and would pay out $1 million per person from the good fellow Rebecca Ingram's Pearson Insurance Brokerage specifically. This is a real thing. It's a real thing. I had to look this up. The policy covered. <laughs> Read that. <laughs> it covers abduction, impregnation, or death by aliens. Okay. When I was looking this up, I had to figure out, I was like, alien abduction insurance is a thing? So I came to learn about like niche insurance policies, which also include body part insurance. A bunch of celebrities have their genitals underwritten in amounts exceeding $1 million. Which celebrities have this covered? Oh. But it's of the adult entertainment industry, you said, right? Yeah, and it makes sense. And I've heard that Heidi Klum has her legs insured. You said Bruce Springsteen has his vocal cords insured. That, yes, they do. Okay, that makes sense. Does it make sense? Bruce Springsteen, because that's his livelihood. It's his voice. Well, I suppose. We need to insure our hands so we can hold coffee mugs at all times. Okay. Well, we'll have to look into that. We're insuring these babies. <laughs> 
It makes sense. So just in case you guys didn't know that. That insurance is out there for you. Yes. Random trivia for you. On March 19th to March 20th, 1997, Marshall Applewhite taped himself in what he has called Doe's final exit. Speaking of mass suicide and the only way to evacuate the Earth, he asserted that a spacecraft was traveling Comet Hale-Bopp and that this event would represent the closure to Heaven's Gate. Applewhite persuaded 39 followers to prepare for ritual suicide so their souls could board the supposed craft. Applewhite believed that after their death, a UFO would take their souls to another level of existence above human, which he described as being both physical and spiritual, and their preparations included each member videotaping a farewell message. That's so sad. He was able to get all those people on board with that. Yes, I agree. And it's done not in a depressive state. It's something that's done more of like a cognizant, being aware, like, I'm doing this because I'm going to the next level. And weren't they almost in like a euphoric state because they thought this is what they were supposed to do? Yeah, they were ready. They wanted to do this. And like we said before, people weren't forced to stay there, so they could leave and go at their leisure. I just don't understand it. You know, it is another level of brainwashing, I think. And so it's just crazy to think about. These people at this point have already given up their humanity. Anything that's different about them. They have no identities anymore. Yeah, and they're ready. They're going to the spacecraft now. To kill themselves, the members took phenobarbital, which is a narcotic and a sedative barbiturate drug used chiefly to treat epilepsy. They mixed it with applesauce or pudding and washed it down with vodka. Additionally, they secured plastic bags around their heads after ingesting the mix to induce asphyxiation. That's awful. Isn't it? What can you say? Their last meal was applesauce or pudding with vodka. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) First of all, vodka is... The devil. We do not promote <laughs> vodka at all. We are not fans of vodka. No, tequila. We are definitely. We're on board with tequila. So if any tequila, you know, companies would like to sponsor us, okay, we'll, we're, we'll consider we're it. We're open to that. Hello, Terramana. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think The Rock's doing just fine with that. <laughs> but we're putting it out there. You know, you shoot your shot, right? That's right. <laughs> All 39 were dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants, brand new black and white Nike Decades athletic shoes, which... I almost wore my black and white Nikes. Are they decades? You know, I don't even... They're not decades, though. I don't I don't know what the decades looked, although I did see the pictures, so I'm assuming those were the shoes, right? Yeah. I think Nike even stopped making those shoes after this incident. I'm sure, I mean, because that would be, you know, in poor taste to keep making them, I think. Yeah. Because they all were wearing the Nike decades. Right. I think mine are the Flex Essentials. But I see you got dressed for the occasion. Right. <laughs> you still have your Nike slides. I have my Nike slides on. <laughs> But they're floral. They're grayish blue floral. Nike slides. Then I have my sweatpants on. And then I have a shirt my son made. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize you have a shirt with UFOs on here. I sure do. Is that Godzilla? It's a lizard. (laughs) It's a lizard with a laser. (laughs) Fighting two other alien Martian beings. Well, it's a two-headed alien. Yes, I think he said that one's a Martian and this one is a lizard alien. I guess you can differentiate between the two. Your dedication to this episode. I'm dedicated. You are. I felt out of respect for the people that passed, though, not wearing my black and white Nikes. Okay, well. Even though they're not decades. We do appreciate you dressing for the occasion, because it's very appropriate. I'm trying to stick with the themes. You you do, and uh, here I am with my all black. (laughs) Well, you're in mourning. I think you're out of respect, too, so you did well. Okay, thank you. Now, the fuzzy slippers we'll talk about later. (laughs) (laughs) The fuzzy slippers. They don't need to know that. (laughs) 
So they also had armband patches reading Heaven's Gate Away Team. I've only seen a little bit of Star Trek. Yeah, I was never into Star Trek. I wasn't, but apparently... That's a reference? Yes, it's a reference. And Marshall was big into Star Trek. Of course. You know, he was really, he loved Nikes and he loved Star Trek. So what better way to go out for him, I guess. Each member had on their person a $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets. According to former members, this was standard for members leaving the home for jobs and a humorous way to tell them that they were leaving the planet permanently. The $5 bill was for covering the cost of vagrancy laws and the quarters were for calling home from payphones. In outer space? I suppose. So space has vagrancy laws and payphones. Good to know. And payphones. Yeah, I guess they haven't caught up to cell phones. So this is a little Greek mythology too, right? They send them with the coins so they can make their way to cross over. Oh, I didn't realize that. But it's more ancient stuff. Maybe that's where that, that comes ties from. in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once a member was dead, a living member would arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from the person's head, followed by posing the body so that it lay neatly in its own bed with faces and torsos covered by a purple cloth for privacy. So they did it in shifts. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The purpose of doing that was to, once again, keep them uniform so that they all looked the same, so they needed to be moved or, you know, whatever. Placement. So they all looked, again, like sheep. All the same. Yeah, 21 women and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72 are believed to have died in three groups over the successive three days. The identical clothing was used as uniform for the mass suicide to represent unity. While the Nike decades were chosen because the group got a good deal on the shoes. I mean, <laughs> you see a good deal on some Nikes, you're going to get it. Yeah, because they're expensive. I don't blame them for that, right. Yeah, snatch them up while you can. Get those Nikes on sale. <laughs> right. They're being practical there. And Apple White was also a fan of Nikes, therefore everyone was expected to wear them. They're you know, represent. Mm-hmm. They also had a saying within the group, Oh my god. Just do it, you know, is Nike's slogan. But they used dough instead of do. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Yes. So cheesy. (laughs) Why not just guinea it? No. Or just peep it. Doesn't just bow it? Just peep it? Just peep it. Peep these Nikes. Yeah, I like that. Just tee it. Now that could be a golf saying. Oh. Okay, don't hey. Nobody, Golfers. nobody snatched that up. Right, we're, we're taking gonna, that. We're taking that right <laughs> now. Call our lawyer. Down. I know. <laughs> On March 26, San Diego police discovered the 39 bodies after receiving an anonymous tip. News of the mass suicide shocked the public, and many wondered how so many ordinary people could become so deeply entrenched in the group's beliefs. As we wonder. Yeah. Heaven's Gate was one of the first groups to use the new technology of the internet to connect with potential believers. And so that's how news travels. That's how people interact these days. But and in so- the late 90s, what was that? Dial up? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember those days with those chat rooms. It took a minute, you know, and no one could be on the phone at the same time. Right. Now we have 20 devices going at once on Wi-Fi. Such a different time. It is such a different time. But yeah, the 90s were pretty much when the internet first became a thing, right? Right. That was the beginning of it all. Now we're old and, you know. Hot all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am. (laughs) They had a website, right? They did. So the group earned money by designing web pages under the business name The Higher Source. One of their main recruitment tools was the website at www.heavensgate.com. 
which they launched in the mid-1990s. The website is still up to this day, managed by four former Heaven's Gate members saying, and these are people who left the group, but I guess their commitment is still there. They still want to manage the website. What? It's still up today? It's still up to date. Yes. my phone? <laughs> are, you, are you trying to join? <laughs> what's happening application for you and i no just (laughs) no i want to see if this is really on there heaven's gate oh my gosh it's really on there yes see and here's the logo oh and it looks like it's from early 90s red alert it's got all the neon colors on here is this the last post red alert hail bop brings closure to heaven's gate the sad closure okay it's still active wow they have an online book their beliefs are on here. Everything. It's, it's just one page and then it's got some links. Oh, there's transcripts, two recent videos, our position against suicide. I'm sure they're against it. Mm-hmm. And you can't join though. They say that they still get requests to join. They have to decline them. From Summer Culpepper. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just tried. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I know. I know. But I mean, people really want to join this cult. Even even knowing like the aftermath. Oh my gosh. They thought hobbies were a distraction, right? Yes. So yeah, get hobbies. So you're not murdering people and you're not joining cults. Hobbies are a great thing. Yes. And naps. We've talked about this in a a couple of episodes. We're just reinforcing it. So that's our message. Yes. Hobbies. Part of our cult. Our non-cult. Drink caffeine. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> don't murder people and don't join cults and have hobbies. Sounds to me. fun to me. Yeah. So Heaven's Gate is one of the most known cults in today's culture. What do you think draws people into cults? And do you think that they are aware of what it is at the time? I think certain weaknesses that we may have as humans. If somebody's feeling lost or maybe even just um, not connected with the people around them, they find this group that offers that connection like inclusion yeah i guess everyone you know at some level that's there's the hobbies you start to feel connected with people if you're doing these things and you're out playing golf or part of a book club or something there's that connection doing a podcast together We're too busy to join any cults, okay? We really are. (laughs) I think there's something to what you're saying. People want to be included. They don't want to feel alone. When leaders are very charismatic and can draw you in, I think that's also another factor in that. Oh, yeah. People are drawn to that charisma. It's a good thing we're not charismatic. No. Nobody's drawn to us. (laughs) (laughs) But like we say, hobbies are a good thing. Focus on that good stuff. Maybe they were attracted to it because of that inclusion factor and they had the same beliefs like aliens and they're like, oh, yeah, like maybe other people believe this, too. That's yeah, so, so that's cool. why I'm keeping my eye on you. Make sure oh, you don't get snap. sucked into an alien cult. <laughs> I've been on the lookout. Potentials. <laughs> well, we hope you like this episode and hopefully it piqued your interest. Let us know if you've ever almost joined a cult. I mean, I know that's a... Or if you want to join ours. Oh, yes. Like I said, we are accepting new members. (laughs) And, you know, if they bait you with coffee, did you almost join? Is that how they got you? Is that how we're going to get you? That's how we're going to get you. (laughs) Yes. I mean, we get it. It's the caffeine hook. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So give us a like on our socials at Freshly Brewed Noir. Or if you have any thoughts, feedback, or story suggestions, you can send them to us via email at freshlybrewednoir at gmail.com. And just a reminder that if you'd like a special gift from us, share our story on the socials or give us a five-star review, screenshot it, and send it to us. Once again, thank you for your support, and we thank you for listening. Until next time, stay caffeinated. Bye. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>